0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club, your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs, or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready, as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts, Shane, Phil, Scott and Martin as they kick off this week's discussion.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to the final episode of season three of the Nerd Her Comic Book Club and also the final read of the Nerd Her Comic Book Club. But we're not gonna start on a downer, let's start on a positive. This week we're going to be reading... Sin City, the hard goodbye from 1991. Uh, this is a very easy one. Unlike Scott, I don't have to memorize names because it is written, it is drawn, and not inked <laughs> because it's no color by Frank Miller, the legendary Frank Miller. Um, we've read many books over the nerd herd from Frank Miller. You know, we've touched on Daredevil, we've touched on, um,
2: the greatest That's book ever, The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, yeah,
1: and we've also done another Batman, Batman Year One. So this is fourth
2: Frank Batman. Miller,
1: and this is the one that Frank Miller's, I would say, is well known for. So I'm looking forward to getting into this. Let me introduce everybody. This week I'm joined by the OGs themselves. First, I've got Scott. Hello, Shamai, thank you for joining. And we've got Phil.
2: Hello. What's up, nerds?
1: At the moment, Shane is away doing something we're not quite sure of, but he will join us soon. So let's get into seeing who's in the chat first before I go into our initial thoughts. In the chat, we've got Funky Gibbons. Hi, Liam. And we've also got our resident artist, Kevin Wells. Hey, you do, Kev? How's it going? So, I am a little nervous about one person's view on this, so I am going to start with him. Scott, give us your thoughts. You're nervous about
0: my thoughts. All right. wait, first of all then, tell me why you're nervous about my thoughts.
1: Sin City is a bit of a risky book, and there is some subjects in this book that is trigger warning. Um, For anyone that's not read along, there are very sensitive subjects, it does touch upon on this story. Um And I know sometimes Scott is a little bit hesitant with some of these things, feels a little bit more on the grittier side for these things, so. Yeah, I think
0: I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Like, I've I've not seen the films, but I'm aware of them, because there's two, isn't there? Yes. Didn't Sin City 2, wasn't it, like a
1: straight-to-DVD type of film? Wasn't it one no, of it- it went to the cinema, oh. but it was sort oh. of a... It didn't do too well at the cinema. Oh, uh, no, the no, first no. one did well. It was yeah. like
2: 10 years after the first one, and had the yeah, same yeah. cast and everything, but by that point, I don't think people were interested in it. They should have... They lost their momentum.
0: Yeah, they should have kept that going. But, yeah, I knew it was going to be gritty, but I had no idea what it was going to be about. Um, I did enjoy it. It was, it was cool. I think one of the... The things that... Yeah, you know, I am sensitive, and we all know this. But, you know, one one of the things that made it easier for me to read was the fact that these issues were so small. Yeah. They were like, what, 15 pages each, something like that, around there? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, cool, smash through that, done. And I think the fact that the art was, and I'm not, put, I'm not making this sound bad, the art... Sometimes was quite hard to tell what was going on and what we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also made it easier <laughs> to, to kind of get through. It was all just in my mind, and I could, you know, uh, change it how I wanted, you know. Um, but yeah, I I liked I liked that it was this kind of it was essentially a murder mystery in a yeah. way, uh, and he was just trying to get revenge, trying to figure out who done it. Um, and then we have the twist about like Goldie's twin sister, um, and then the, but the bit I liked most was the fact that he was he he was on meds, wasn't he? He was, you know, his his mind wasn't the best. It was, you know, he he had alluded to the fact that it would play tricks on him, uh, and he couldn't quite you couldn't always believe what he was seeing and what what he was doing and stuff like that. And I I like I like stuff like that because then it puts it in my head. Oh, okay, cool. So has what we've seen so far in this book, has that been real? Um and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I'll talk more about all that later. Um you don't need to be nervous about my opinion. Um it was cool, right? You know, albeit a book from the nineties. Um I always find them to be like word dense and you know, very I don't know. It, it like it is like a pay, paid per word type of type of thing, but um, I enjoyed it. And there was a lot of narration that was good. I prefer
1: that sometimes. Yep, this book it had a lot of narration, and I think a lot of that is in Marv's head. And I will mm. say, before I jump onto Phil's opinion, um, I didn't give a synopsis for anyone that's listening that hasn't read mm. along. The Sin City: of The Hard Goodbye is following the story of Marv. Marv is a Criminal, ex-criminal that's in and out of uh, trouble, fights, stuff like that. He has a very one-night stand with a stunning woman called Goldie. And when he wakes up the next morning, Goldie's been killed with no mark on her, no sign of any evidence of what's happened. And then all of a sudden, we get the police. The police turn up. Marv's being framed. So the whole story of the hard goodbyes, Marv trying to just uh, do justice for Goldie's death. But on top of that, find out who's behind it, and who's involved, and get into the end of that story. So, Phil, that way, <laughs>
2: what do you think? I freaking loved it. I thought it was great. Um, <clears throat> oh, hey, Shane. Hi, you? Shane. Hi. Welcome. Hello. The um, To be honest, I mean... There's a lot of nipples in, in this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of women with their boobs, out quite a lot. Oh, Phil. And Frank, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, it's, you know, it's like no a good thing. Either. I mean, Frank Miller's known for kind of doing that in some of his books that aren't Batman, essentially. Um, but it doesn't detract from the great story that it was, I thought. It it, it had kind of moments where he kind of thought this is like just the Dark Knight in a more darker city. You know, he's on the rooftop, so it was with his coat, but it's like I think Batman's cape. Um and obviously this troubled individual trying to do the right thing, would question himself every time. Like say, Scott mentioned there with the medication, like the guy not know if it's you know reality or whatever. And yeah, I thought it was superb. I am a fan of the movie. I loved the movie when it came out. Loved the movie. And that's not just because it introduced me to Jessica Alba. <laughs> I loved the movie, it was really good. And Reading this now, I mean what was the movie? Two thousand and five. Nearly like eighteen years later, I've read the source material and I love both of them. And I really want to watch the movie again. But I have questions they asked, not about this story. Obviously the movie, if you recall, has the like the Bruce Willis story and it has the Clive Owen story. Are they just the next two volumes in Sin City? I, yes. I don't know. Um,
1: the movie touches upon um the Hard Goodbye, uh That Yellow Bastard. And oh, what's the other one? I had it all memorized, but there was another story that touched me. There's three of the stories, uh, three of the yeah. volumes, and it's sort of cut up as well. I think that yellow bastard is cut up into two parts. Uh, that yeah. yellow bastard is the one with um, Bruce Willis. Yep. And the other one, I can't remember the other story now. I'll check that when we're moving forward, but I will get that other story. DM the um, Kill
2: 4 is the sequel of the movie. That was when it came out, 2014. Yes. I think that may maybe volume two.
1: Yeah, A Dame's um, Kill 4 is the sequel, but also in the second movie, they uh, Frank Miller actually done two separate stories for the second yeah. movie that are not from the books. They're exclusive to the movie.
2: Oh, okay, I'm trying to so,
1: think.
2: Is that called like, The Big Kill or something? Or The Big Time or something like
1: that? That is it. I think The Big Kill, I think that's the one. I think you've got it there, The Big Kill, which is the story with um, the police officer they... And I can't now, Brittany Murphy, Brittany Murphy's character.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, it's, it's obviously good now to see the source material for that, for, for the first movie. And I want to read on. I thought it was great. And I think we kind of messaged today that I was on page 90 or something. And so I had a lot to go. Now, the first 90 pages were really quick. The next lot weren't as quick because there's a lot more of the story was told in the second half. But it made it obviously better. I really enjoyed the, the kind of running of the story. So, yeah.
1: For anyone that hasn't read Sin City, they're shorter issues, mainly because Sin City was a one part of three in Dark Horse Presents. It was part of an anthology release. So, this is why the stories are very bite sized, because they are smaller parts of the issue. But obviously, as Frank Miller's story, I think I read online, he was only going to do 10 parts. That was yeah. the initial part. So, I think below, when it went above that, I think it grew bigger than what he was expecting. So I think that's why something. it evolved.
2: In yeah, the you like I to... read There was a quote at the end, saying he wasn't expecting to go as long as he did, but he couldn't help it. He, he blamed Marv. for this. It's Marv's fault. Marv, he just made, made me keep writing um, his character. But I mean, the, the themes are dark. There's obviously murders, but there's you know, there's like um, what what do I call it? what's the word I'm thinking of cannibalism. Kind of i the, the guy who was eating like yes. the women, and yeah, um, he's also only targeting prostitutes and all the rest of it. So it's it's it is it's basin, it's Sin City, isn't it? Um, mm. that's what it is, and you can't help but think, um, there's parallels between it and Gotham, but this is just a little bit more like menacing, but darker. A bit, you know, I'd rather live in Gotham than live in Sin City, if you know what I mean.
1: You can tell there was no restrictions with him on the story of this because he was uh, he wasn't tied down by a license. This was him letting his hair down and going full on. Um as Shane has joined us. Shane, what are your initial thoughts and on, on the on the story?
3: Well, I I love a Who-Done It. I love a crime noir type story. Um And I love the way Frank Miller tells a story. I just don't enjoy the way he draws a story. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of the art in this... massive fan. I was not a fan at all of the art in this book. Um, For one, I don't like black and white books. Um, um, You know, I let the spirit go because there's red now and then. So I'm okay with having that to, like, punctuate things. But I was expecting that. I was expecting, you know, some massive red splats of blood in this just to accentuate the murder scenes but there was none of that so I'm not a massive fan of that and until we get to I can't remember what chapter it was where it's just all rain like oh, that yeah. that that was done fantastic the rest it feels of it like, um, yeah not a massive fan before then but the story the story was fun very predictable um cliched um it's not fair to say that now, you know, 30 years later, because maybe it yeah. wasn't cliched in 91, but today it's been done to death. But yeah, yeah, it's fun. As much as it was graphic, I had fun reading it.
1: Cause I can I think we can all agree Frank Miller was one of the pioneers of edgy comic books coming in out of yeah. the late 80s into the early 90s. So this was, as I said before, this was one of his books where he sort of let his hair down and how he want and he didn't hold back because as you can tell from a lot of the story there's um a lot of things that have mentioned and the way terminology is used is definitely from that era um okay yeah. so initial thoughts done let's move on i want to move on to the artwork so i know Shane's touched upon the artwork i'm gonna Perfect. go yeah i'm gonna go back round to shane again to so shane uh-huh. start us off what is it you Dislike that much about the artwork.
3: What I disliked about it is the the flatness of it because it's black and white. Um, mm. But you can do black and white with depth and you can do it with detail. But I don't think he did. I think he just did black and white. And that's fine. That's his style. But for me, I, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I didn't enjoy The Walking Dead because, like, the comic books of that, because I find it very flat and very dull. But now that they're recoloring it, it's actually quite good. Um, but that's a personal preference. I'm sure there's loads of people that love black and white books. But the difference is, you know, when we read self storage, that was a, that was a black and white, but it was gradient and it was detailed and it had texture and it had all these different things that you forgot you were reading a black and white book. But with this, it's just every single page is very obvious. All the, the only color he has to work with is, or the only ink he has to work with is black.
0: Because I know, all... I know. Did he work with white on a black oh. page?
1: Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I have brought something along because I know Frank Miller's artwork in recent days does get scrutinised a hell of a lot. I have brought a scary page <laughs> along well to show should. everybody, and there is a scary <laughs> page. Jesus, Frank Miller, currently. So I, I'm not silly. I know Frank you can't Miller do is
3: depth. Can he? See he that? can't see, see that. Like... No. Like that's this. a pick not
1: draw a person like this, like this head-on. Like that's October a cover now, and... n- nearly. So, I can scare people. Let's just do it one more time. Let's just scare God. you one more time with that. <laughs> For anyone that's on uh... the podcast, it is Frank Miller's Wolverine, which, if anyone is collecting issues, you will know about this cover because so many people have spoke about it. Um, they want to say UK hun like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, like, to, to be fair, like, who, like i know he's a respected guy in it massively but you can't have that a cover. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that, I'm sorry. That cover
2: that cover is horrible there's no question horrible but the, art Nisbrook, it. the art in this book is not horrible i'm a yeah. big fan yeah just like i'm a big fan of the dark knight returns um, There's
3: a page in this book that is taken from Dark Knight Returns. You know when he Batman's in his armor and he's kicking Superman in the face. Yeah, Kevin is kicking Marv in the face in the exact same position. It's like yeah. he literally took yeah. that
2: page and sketched over
0: it, traced it.
2: I've seen yeah. that. Uh, yeah, The um, back to what kind of Scott said about like, is it black? Is it white ink on black? Like, for example, the rainy pages. It must have been white on black. John it couldn't it'd be really hard to do like the because the rain yeah. is just like white lines. That's true. That's it'd true. It'd be really hard to do like the black around a white line for rain, do you know what I mean? So it must be, or you know, I'm sure there's an artist's way to do it. I don't know, maybe Kev could tell us. But I, I love the art. I think like the, the blockiness of it, the weirdness of it. Um as for depth, I I mean, I, I picked my page because I thought there was good depth, but we'll we'll see when <laughs> we we'll scrutinize it. Mm-hmm. Um uh No, I, I'm a big fan, and the fact that it was just black and white night, and to be fair, I hadn't watched the movie, and I can remember the, 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 the yellow guy in the movie, so I was expecting splashes of colour in this myself, Um, maybe it comes through in, in other volumes, I don't know, Um, for any of our listeners, we've just lost Martin, the host for this evening. Yeah, uh, right. he yeah dodged your internet than Scott used to have. Remember back in the day, all old and <laughs> Oh Jesus!
0: Yeah. No, I think he has problems with his computer lately. It's not the internet; it's something in his computer that's messing up. Mm. But, um, but yeah, um, was that so, your opinion? Over with on art no, end,
2: Phil. I'm happy for you to jump in in the art now. Just
0: oh, okay, all right, thanks. Um, I so. R- I pretty—I read it in two sittings. I read it. I read the first hundred pages, then I read the next hundred pages, and, um. And it kind of, I kind of—I didn't notice this until I started to flick through it again for tonight, and. The art on like, page one, is, a lot more. And I've used this word before, and you can't use this word for art, But it was more legible, than, um, the art towards the end. It was a lot more clearer. You could see uh, Marv's facial expressions a lot better, and it just seems the further you get along. I don't know if that was, you know, on purpose. If that was the vibe. If it's supposed to be like, you know, getting moody, or you know what I mean. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be a a play on Marv's mind just breaking, and we're we're not being being able to see everything as clearly. Um, But that's what I noticed. It was just it was. Good and clear and easy to uh, look at at the start. And then as we get along, it's less legible.
2: See, I'm that's wondering that, if that's down to the point, you know, with the fact that he didn't mean to write this as long as he did. Yeah. So at he the just
3: got the, bored at the end and just, yeah, he just it. like when you're uh, writing uh, a letter, <laughs> at the beginning of the letter, your handwriting is perfect. And then you get to page two, and you're just like rushing, and it you can't even read it. It looks like Doctor's hand. <laughs> you got hand cram. Unless
2: <laughs> yeah. so thinking the opposite, we just thought right. So he wanted to write a simple story because it was part of another comic book, wasn't it? What was it called? Um, Dark Horse, Dark Horse it, was, Presents, it was
1: Dark Horse Presents. Yeah, it was one yeah. of three stories that was just released yeah. by
2: Dark Horse. So I just get the impression the more he like became invested in it, he put more into it. So yes, the artwork does get a bit like I like guess scott said it's sort of hard to kind of interpret or whatever because it's it's a bit messier um but i just think he's putting more in same with the story like i said before, earlier on I, th- I felt like the story got better in the second half of the book because at this point he yeah. thought well i just continue this as long as i want people are loving it yeah. they're going to enjoy it i'll put everything yeah. into it and then you start doing more things of the art get a bit more crazy and then maybe where he kind of lost the run of himself um mm. at that point it could be a
0: thing you know, mind you know um people find their style you know what I mean, Uh, with things like this. So, you know, starting, he's doing it as best he can, and he goes, okay, if I loosen up a bit, this is the kind of style I want. And it kind of reminds me, um, if you watch, like, you know, episode one of Family Guy, right, and you listen to the voices, and you watch the latest episode of Family Guy, and the voice is so much better, that's what this is like. That's what I think, like, it's, you know, initially, the, uh, the style he's drawing is, you know, that's him. Trying his best, what he thinks everything should be, and then it falls into what it is and what it's meant to be. Um, and yeah, that's what kind we of have.
2: Similar to like the Simpsons, too. you ever watch the first few episodes of The Simpsons? Like the yeah. really very first yes. ones. And then once they find their way, they're stuck to it for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe with your sense correct, the, the find he he found his way, he found his method in terms of like this this art suits this character more or something. So they're stuck with it, possibly.
0: Hmm.
3: What's Sorry, I disappeared. Wonder Woman and Superman in the in the latest
2: Dark Knight books. I've never seen Sorry, them. Just... Right I refuse to read the latest Dark Knight books because the first one is a, <laughs> such a classic and should never be touched. So yeah.
1: Sorry, I disappeared before, but I don't know if I missed anyone in the chat. I'll say, say hello to Steve. Steve's joining us. Didn't get a chance to read, but he's here. For support. Thank you very much, Steve. Chris from off My shelves has popped in as well. Have a great final show, lads. Thank you very much. And he's also said, I think he went out in a way to be cliche. I'm assuming that's saying I missed while. No, it was while we were talking. Oh, cool. Cool. Highland G's here as well, saying, Hey guys, enjoy the final show. Thank you, mate. Thank you. He also says, Frank Miller's art is not to my taste, even when it's considered good. I do enjoy black and white, though. Yeah, there's Frank Miller who's definitely hit and miss, you know, as we're touching upon now, it's uh, definitely. You're far in between. Kev also says, "I imagine in the raining scenes, it may be easier to do black and white or white and black. White on black, yeah. White on black, <laughs> yeah. Very true And then he you also, like that. and he also feels like Miller is like Picasso. He can draw extremely well, but he'd rather be more experimental. And that I agree with.
2: I have does, a question. Uh, I like. I have it a because... question for the three of you guys. So, whose art? If you were in, like, if you were had one. Blank variant, and you're going to a convention. I've two guys available. there's Frank Miller, Mora, and there's John Romita Jr. Mora. Oh,
3: I'm going home. I'm taking my blank covers <laughs> with me. I'm keeping them <laughs> <him> pristine. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll, I'll go go to Frank Moore. Miller,
1: Frank Miller, Frank I'll Miller. Out of the two, yeah, 100%. definitely. And, but I'd get him to draw me a Batman. That's what I'd get him to draw, you know. Because regardless of how good it turns out, I can always say
2: it's a Frank Miller Batman.
1: Remember the great stories he done. <laughs> yeah,
2: he may charge you on a brain for it, but I mean, it's... I think he's quite <laughs> well, expensive. Well, I mean, he's
3: charging for that Wolverine comic, so you know he'll charge you <laughs> yeah. for anything. Um, I've a question for all of you. Go for How it. many breasts were in this book? Uh,
0: did you come? Oh, enough? Wins? I did. Please tell them. me. me. Please tell me it's an even number.
3: Closest wins, go on. Everyone have a
2: guess, and I'll tell you who's closest. An even number, imagine. Well, it maybe may one and one scene.
0: I wanna to... wait. Are we talking about like if if one woman
3: it's,
2: it's showing it's nipple multiple it's, it's, times a different
3: yeah, how many overall breasts were shown in this book, <laughs> including nipple?
1: I'm gonna go six, no, seventeen to 17. take into account of a side shot.
2: 23. I was gonna say
3: 22. 22. Yeah. Phil's closest with 23. It was 37. 37. Why is it an odd number? Why is it an odd number? She's wearing a coat and only one breast is hanging out. Oh god. One more question. Why does every woman in this book feel like showing their breasts to Marv? Every single woman he meets has to show it. Sin Titty. It's (laughs) Sin
1: City. (laughs)
3: You
2: know? <laughs> this is why Frank Miller gets a kind of, you know, <laughs> there's other things too, but obviously the whole the way he kind of writes and draws women in his books, and it is, like, maybe back in 91, not that it was ever acceptable, but certainly there was less uh, uh, controversy with it, if you know what I'm trying to say. But He does do the female form very nice, I must say. He, Goldie laying he, in he the does. bed
3: at the beginning, it like, her body shape is really good. Like, he has got the... Proportions right, and the shape is lovely. I mean, none of the women were playing
2: kibibees with their boobs, so I mean, they're they 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 look okay. There's no question. So, um, but this is I don't know. This is the thing. Like, they don't need to be there half the time. Like, even in the part where he's in the in the cell with um, or no, when he goes to his um, what do you call her? The uh,
3: his parole officer.
2: His parole officer. officer shows up at her house. Just no
3: she's got her yeah. she's yeah. Just like, here, have a look at these while I talk to you. For and no Mike, was,
2: there any, <laughs> was there any scenes at all where she had clothes on? Because again, whenever she was in the in the sale, they were out as well. Lucille, you were talking about. Yeah, Lucille, that's the Lucille. one. Yeah.
1: What I was impressed with was
0: impressed. with some of the dresses the women were wearing. No, Phil. Uh, <laughs> some of the dresses. Um... They were, just, they were just drawn in lines but he's done it in that way to show the depth and the shape and I thought that was brilliant. Just yeah. just one line just moved it like this it was so good.
1: On that note I do want to touch upon one thing before I move on to our pages because Frank Miller did take a big part in directing the movie and I did want to show a couple of steals from the movie just so that you can see how close he, he actually got the, the, you know, to his artwork in the movie, in respects of just how it sort of looks. So, here's a picture of Cecile and Marv when they've been caught by Kevin. That's really so good. Like,
0: just... those plasters kind of look yeah. like edited it's really, on,
1: yeah. yeah. It's an amazing shot from that. This is a great scene yeah. as well. Yeah, um, another one that I have got is when Ke- uh, Kevin uh, sneaks up on Marv. And that just looks like it was ripped from the page. Yeah. Because yeah. I love the, the detail. <laughs> yeah, the Charlie yeah. Brown shirt with the up with the. And obviously, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously, Marv is played by Mickey Rook in the, in the movie. And Kevin is played by Elijah Wood, if I remember rightly.
2: Yeah. Mm. And
1: I've got one more shot when Marv was taken oh, out the priest. Yeah. And if you didn't notice this when watching the movie, the priest is actually played by Frank Miller himself. Cool.
2: I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Um, cool.
1: Nice. So it's a little, little trivia on the movie there. Uh,
3: I may have to watch it now.
1: I've I love it. the Sin City movie. Oh, you Great should, movie. You
2: watch it. That's fantastic.
1: So let's move on. I've got to do it because, you know, it's just right. Let's do our pages. Your boy, you know. So let's go to. I want to start with Scott. I want to start with Scott's page. Yeah, buddy. So, Scott. Here we go. (laughs) This
0: bit tickled me in the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is when he was like, he took um, Wendy to the, I'm assuming like a hotel or something like that, wasn't it? And they're just, she's on the bed, he's on the settee, and you know, she looks just like Goldie. And he's like, You know i'm trying to imagine it from like you know a man's perspective now you know he's madly attracted to this woman and he's kind of that kind of side eye when he's lying on the settee and he's like you know who i might have a i might have a shot here essentially Mm. And i love it it's it's the window panels that get me um reminded me of like a wes anderson film you know where everything's like dead like dead center and straight on um it was just like that, so I'm just imagining it, this in, like, you know, live action, just him getting up, walking over, you know, hey, uh, hey, Goldie, hey, Wendy, whatever it was, and then the big slap, and then him going, oh, yeah, my mistake, sorry, like <laughs> goes back. I just absolutely loved it, and it, like you know, whilst this is a serious book, this is you know, this page was purely for comedic value, in my opinion, and uh, I loved it.
1: I like this yeah. one too. I think this landed well. This this sort of comedic moment yeah. as well. It's, it was it was very well I think, done.
0: I think I should say that Wes Anderson is one of my favorite directors as well so I love all of his films. So this like this kind of shot for me, loved it. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. So Phil, do you want to tell us about your page? Well, first the hell, of all, it's not I
2: thought wa- rain. I wanted a page in the rain, but even though Shane was late, unfortunately, I wasn't <laughs> first to get that. So, um, two reasons. Because I not really like the depth <laughs> they tried to show in here, obviously in terms of like the perspective going down mm. the staircase in a way. Um, but like, really like I mean, that I mean, there's obviously detail in the in the police officers um, or the red squad, whatever they are. But like, it's it's, it's Batman. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like that that is Batman, yeah, his, yeah. And his cape and whatever else. And I mean, I love the art through the whole thing. To be honest, there's quite a few pieces I could have picked. I just settled on this because I, I I like the use of like the awkward shape and pers- you know I'm trying to say like the awkward perspective of the scene type of thing and mm. and obviously of course because Batman's in it so I'm going to pick it. So yeah. uh, time
0: timeline this for me now, right? When when did Frank Miller do Batman and when did he do this? Well, Batman was
1: before. Is it eighty yeah. six? Was, was eighty like six or something? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this so, is probably one of the first titles he done indie titles after the after his fame on DC and, uh, and Daredevil as well. Because Daredevil was around the same time as well, wasn't it? Late 80s.
2: Late 80s, yeah, but we went yeah. after Batman, like 88 or 89 or something. Yes. Yeah, so
1: he's moved from Batman to Daredevil and then he's moved into an indie, which is Sin City. So I'd like to now go on to Shane's pick. Okay, Phil's pick.
3: Was this going to be your pick as well, Phil? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like I said, I wasn't a fan of the art. Um, I wasn't impressed really with anything until I turned the page and I saw this. And just the rain just bouncing off him and just sort of creating him. Like he's, it's like he's Mm -hmm. not there until the rain touches him. It's like a specter. It's just absolutely fantastic. I've got like invisible man vibes. Like it's just so. Cool, and it's just lines. It is literally just lines.
2: Yeah, I thought this whole this whole scene in the rain for like three or four pages it was was really good because I think uh, he was talking about how he thinks in the rain, and now he's This is this is where became a more crime noir book because the start was more like okay, here's the incident that happened, but now he's thinking about it. Now this is this is the crime he needs to solve. Here's the people he needs to go after, and it's Rourke. And now he's starting to piece things together now in the rain. So yeah, this the whole scene was really good. But that page is really cool. Like Shane said, it's just it's I mean, okay, all art is just lines. But this is literally just like lines. If you know what I mean. There's they no, they're all straight lines. There's nothing else to it. It's
1: like it's like a scribble page, isn't it? It's very sort of he sort of created an epic picture here out of next to nothing, really.
3: I wonder if he like if he, if he put Something down on the paper and then did all the lines and then peeled it off, you know, like tape uh, to get mm-hmm. the lines perfectly straight. He just put some tape down in the shape of him, just went over it, and then peeled the tape off to give that pop of white.
2: Yeah, that's like those like paintings you see in New York, where the guys put like cardboard down and spray it, and then mean, our cardboard down, and spray it, like saying like a uh,
0: like like spaced.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But here, Steve's cool, made was. a good point that that this page would one hundred percent make a great wall pa- art piece if you had this. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. 100%. Even if you didn't know what it was, if you didn't know it was comic related, if that was in like a shop that sold like pictures and whatever else, yeah, people yeah. would buy that random thing. It looks really cool. looks really different. Buy it. Yep. And the And one, Chris, we
0: got you. There's
1: nerdy pictures on your
2: wall. <laughs> this is from a <laughs> comic. We got
0: you, nerd win.
1: <laughs> and Chris has confirmed it was Daredevil to Batman.
2: Right. There we go. We're, we're not very good. No. That's our way.
1: <laughs> no, not remembering anyway. <laughs> um, we've had no pictures from the from the viewers, so I'm going to go straight into my pick. My pick jumped out to me um, for a couple of reasons. I, I sort of like the fact that he had, uh, been big words, taking up best part of the page, but also hid a picture in the background which is what I like, They are utilizing it. Um, But also I love what Marv says in this scene. This is an iconic phrase from Marv worth dying for, worth killing for, worth going to hell for. Amen. Because it's this point is when he completely blows the head off the priest um, after he announces that Rourke is the one that's involved. So I thought that was a really good page.
3: how many times
1: did he shoot me. him then? Because it says blam three times. I'm
0: going to say three, three times. times. I'd say three
3: times, yeah. Three blams. i three.
1: Blam, blam, blam. Blam, blam. That's four. That's four. <laughs> oh,
3: Black Betty. Blam, blam, blam.
1: <laughs> right. Before um, we move on to a little bit more about the story, I want to quickly go over a few covers that I found in the back of the trade paperback. Can I hold you? Go for it uh kevin actually did send a photo in oh
0: did he oh and i've just added it on here it is oh, I, was doing it
2: too.
0: I didn't there notice he sent photo. you beat me it. to it <laughs> i'm a whiz kid at tech bro um so uh kev said here's his page by the way kev said i like the pacing in this page it feels like the scene is in slow motion uh also throughout the book i really like the use of shadow and light it's amazing page it's things like this
2: like the this was wendy wasn't it when she Mm. attacked him
0: the goldie reveal yeah even the use of
2: her her hair it's a thin outline of hair there's no strands of hair type of thing it's just it's just really cool the way way it's done Mm. she's blonde yeah and
1: i i like the way it's done in the movie as well uh in this particular scene because it does get that that feeling of slow motion when she's turning the car, for anyone that's ever seen the movie. You, you get that vibe from it because it's quite a um, full-on scene when she runs him over countless times. <laughs> wow. But also, Goldie as well. Goldie in the, in the movie is the only one that's in colour. Her sister Wendy is black and white in the movie. So mm-hmm. you get a distinction uh, so, between so if both. You didn't,
0: if you didn't know the story, would that would be your tell. That would be the kind of thing that you. Yes. Mm, wait a minute, and
1: okay. you notice that even more so in the sequel because you actually because in the sequel one of them is a prequel story to the hard goodbye, and you see Wendy and Goldie standing next to each other, and Goldie's in colour and Wendy's uh, in. in sequel, prequel, pre-sequel, sequel prequel a pre pre-sequ- sequel prequel a pre pre sequel. So, on the back of the book, in the back of the trade. I did find a load of covers done by a few different artists. So I know, obviously, we've been very judgmental over Frank's art. Um, I wanted to touch on a few different artists that have done some Sin City homages. Let's judge First, them
0: too, yes, of course.
1: So as you can see from the bottom, we've got Joyce, Kin, Joyce Chin, Amanda Connor, Klaus Janssen, Paul Pope, Philip Tan, and Gerardo Zafino. Not that I've practiced that, but that's what it is. Yeah, you are. I have practiced it, yeah. Don't lie. Tell me pinpoint what's
2: yeah. <laughs> on Twitch? Do they identify it that way? No. I'm assuming they're, they're in Amanda order.
1: I'm assuming they're in order, so I've tried to keep them in order. So this is obviously Joyce Chin. Uh, this is actually of a character that's not in this book, sadly. Uh, this is Mika or Micah. She's a, uh, one of the hookers from uh, Old Town, which you will see. Rollerblades on. Mm. You'll see her in a, a further issue. But I wanted to pull she's these an, She's in the movie, isn't she? She's in the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Second one, I'm looking forward to Shane's opinion on this because we've got an Amanda Connor cover. Oh,
3: is that an Amanda Connor cover? It's weird yeah.
1: not seeing the face properly because Amanda. Cause, Co-
3: you, you know Amanda Connor because of the faces. If it's you look by face.
1: the, if you look by his shoe, she's actually signed it, Connor, on, wherever that is. On the, oh yeah, where it should say Converse or something.
2: No,
3: on it's the, like a, no,
2: on the cassette, on basically. Ground. Yeah, uh, it was on the phone, but it's not a phone. It's like an eighty-one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cell the phones have been around That's since seventy-three. That's
0: the iPhone, iPhone twelve, <laughs> that is.
1: Yeah. Move to the next yeah. one. There is six. We've got this one. Well, I don't know who this.
2: Clash Johnson says on Janssen. the side. Yep. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah.
1: Had it all written yeah. down.
2: That's all right.
1: Then we move on to next one
0: this is a cool one i like like this scene actually in the book as well Hmm. and i I was pleased to see this drawn more legibly
1: and i like the way he's done this particular one as well because this is very on point with how the film is because you see the actual um this scene exactly like that in the movie
0: this scene though in the book i was really confused what was going on because when they broke the glass it was just tons of tiny squares yeah, that's what they had drawn. And it it wasn't like how you'd expect to see shattered glass. It was just made up of tons of squares. So that kind of threw me off. And it took me a long time to actually figure out what was going on and who was what and where. Life. Yeah, Save well, yeah. But it just has much, I think
1: that's when you need colour for a scene like that. Very true. Just have, just have as very much as I love Manda Connor's artwork, this is my favourite one of the picks. Oh, yeah. Who is this one? This, this is a crazy picture. I can't, I don't know who it is because there's nothing. Well, this is, is Philip Tan. Sorry, Philip Tan over to the left. Oh. He's labeled it as um, you can see. Oh, yeah. You've got like the it. wolf, you've got Goldie, you've got an and mm. the angel Goldie touching Marv, and then if you flip it upside down, you've got Kevin. Kev's there, yeah.
0: Resident artist, Kev, oh, not, not quite resident artist, he's Kev. made it. Okay. <laughs>
1: And then the last one in the book is this one. I can't make out the signature. I think this is the one that I've practiced. Um,
0: Yes. Begin to the day. This would be
1: Gerardo Zafino. Zafino. That one's my favorite. I think Mark looks awesome like that. This is my favorite as well.
3: Very Solomon Grundy-esque. I like that. Yes.
1: I'm glad you said that because something jumped out at me when I looked at this page before. and That's what it is. I agree. Very, very cool so that's the pages we're going to move on to talking a little bit more about story so i'm going to go the opposite way to last time i'm going to start with scott Ooh,
0: me again okay um what do you want to know that i haven't already said it was yeah it was a it was a, a murder mystery shane says it was like a l.a noir um you know Goldie was murdered, you see. Um, and yeah, breast no, for, for days, breast
1: for days. Um,
0: yeah, reading I mean, other th-
1: I just... Go reading ahead. Frank Miller's other stuff. You know, we've read yeah. Batman, we've read, you know, right? We're going Batman? into uh, Dark Knight Returns, yeah, to be fair. So, going to going into something, know. so going into something more indie where he's yeah. not restricted by a license. What do you think of Frank's writing? So something? going
0: from like a Batman book where he's trying to solve a crime and everything's dark and gritty to go into a book that's about a man trying to solve a crime that's dark and gritty. <laughs> um, I think he did
1: it quite well. He's had practice. You can tell um, he was very Batman in, in, inspired yeah, by the start of this book. Definitely. But as we've said, it does develop into something else. It does. And I do... I did enjoy it, you know, uh,
0: the, the gruesomeness put aside, the story of it was actually really good. I like the pace of it. Everything was, uh, you know, fed to you bit by bit and I enjoyed that. It wasn't like we weren't having massive gaps between finding out new bits of information. Um, yeah, like I liked the length of each issue. That was really, it's quite refreshing to be honest, um, to be like, okay, cool. Oh, I'm done. Perfect. All right. I'll, I'll do another one. Um, really like that. Um, yeah, and I, I just like the way it unfolded, and I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of the narration. Um, for me, sometimes reading narration helps me, uh, help, feels the book feels clearer when mm-hmm. there's more narration in there for me. Like when it's just speech bubbles, you know, I struggle with putting voices to speech bubbles, so when there's narration. Um I enjoy it more, I think, and there was tons of that and I was I was happy for it and I enjoyed it. Um whose
3: voice do you use for the narration, David Attenborough?
0: You know, <laughs> the, the the generic uh, narration voice, you know, of course. Um no, but you know, for this I just had kind of like this gritty, it was a similar, I guess similar to like a Batman voice, um without that, without intending it to be, I
2: guess. Um, Yeah. yeah, I had had, uh, Mickey Rourke's voice the whole time, just from the movie, because I just, uh, I recognize Mm. it from the movie, but like what Scott's saying, like the narration, I I liked it as well. And because the art, um, if you're on a a page with a lot of narration, there's one panel or two panels at the most, there's not a lot you need to look at. So at times it felt like reading a novel, you know, like you're actually getting a bit more, yeah, there's a bit more story, a bit more depth, is what you want. And to be fair, he, he wasn't a man of many words in general. Like sometimes he, he, you know, he, you know, opened his heart to some of us, you know, pals in the story. But generally, it was just like a few words. I'm going to kill you, you, whatever. Or, you yeah. know, he didn't have a lot to say.
0: I think issue um, seven had the least words. When, yeah. I think it was like when they when he broke out of that cell. Yeah, and I remember just going, "Okay, let's go," and then oh, I'm done. Issue eight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, move on.
2: But see the other thing is too like for, obviously Marv is the standout. He's the main guy. Obviously, he is the standout mm-hmm. character. I'm sure we all we all love a bit of Marv, and Frank Miller does this like Marv's not a good guy. Like he's not a nice guy. I don't want to know him. I don't want to meet him in the, in the dark alleyway. No. But he writes him in a way where you're rooting for him. Obviously, um.
0: um.
2: There was I'm a scene. Sure
0: that,
2: was, go on, go on. I was going to say there was a scene where, like, so he did. He doesn't like harm that comes to women. So I don't like people who hit dames, or if he said, yet mm. he hits the girl, knocks her unconscious, but not because he wants <laughs> to beat her up, but because he wants to, he Doesn't want her to witness what he's going to do. So he does a bad thing. For good reasons, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's that kind of kind of balance that, you, that Frank Miller is really good at getting, I think. So he's done similar things with Batman, not to the extent of obviously hitting hitting women or whatever, but it's getting that balance right. And like I say, you're you're you know he is a bad guy, but you're rooting for him to win. He's taken down better guys, mm-hmm. I suppose. And that guy Kevin, he just needed to go. Goodness, oh, yeah, what a creepy sadistic... Oh my yeah. god. Oh.
1: And I'm he I'm glad weird. you've mentioned that actually, because as much as Marv is such an amazing character, I wanted to maybe touch upon a couple of the side characters because there is some really quirky side characters in this story, Kevin being one of them. You know, what are your, what's everyone's opinion of Kevin as a character and what no. we found out about him? Yeah, in the bin.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just a story. Like you, you, you want him to have his legs cut off. You want the dog to eat him and you want his head chopped off at the end. That's how much you don't like the guy um i he's, but you he's but a, you
3: want him to scream and he just yeah won't give yeah. marv the satisfaction it's mm. so annoying yeah
1: um but even yeah. to the last point of when he takes his head off yeah. he's still yeah. emotionless and gives him nothing it just shows you what type of person you're dealing with
2: to be fair i felt not i wouldn't say let down is the right word but like the main guy rourke <laughs> is it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the movie, obviously, but like he's not hes not that wimpy in the movies, I don't think. I can't remember, but I don't think he is. But he's still, like a wee short, stubby, wimpy old man, if you know what I mean. I thought, give us a better...
1: They do touch upon it a little bit in the book. Uh, Rourke, they, they didn't freak out about the name of Rourke because of a person. They freak out because it's a family. Yeah. It's a family that have been dominant in Sin City back to the yeah. Western days. So they are the powerhouse in Sin City. They control the police. They control the government. They control the military. They are the power in this town. So you pretty much knew when he mentioned Rourke that we're going to the top of the tree. We're not dealing with some just run-of-the-mill run hitman that's took Goldie out. It's it's, a, it's an order from above, which in the movies, you do see this R- Rourke, but you also see other family members. From the Rourke family, so it does touch upon more in the movies, sadly, but you have to read on to know more about the Rourke family.
2: Have you read the whole thing yourself?
1: I have not read the whole thing. I have read this before and I want to go further on, but I do own the big, big damn in city. city there that would literally kill someone if you dropped it on them. It's that big and heavy that big i didn't want to even pull it off the shelf to show everybody can i can I ask a question uh i am going back to, to
0: that the art kind of stuff but in, mm. in the mm. film i've not watched the film but in the film they have the they have splashes of color don't they yes does that ever happen in any
1: of the Sin City books i'm not sure moving forward i may do
2: yeah well of, one of the, is called the, the big yellow bee isn't it hmm that's yeah. one of the volumes. And that's the story from the movie. So the ma- I would imagine, that where we get some yellow in it. Right.
1: I think he is yellow in it. I think he is yellow in it. I think that is fair enough. I've seen Pitch that before.
2: I don't think there was much um color in the movie apart from the yellow guy. I can't, I can't even remember um, how much blood being on the movie. Was there?
1: No, I think one of the other things I always remember is from the is it the big kill you said? The... Yeah. Yeah, you get to see—is uh, Cl- it Clive Owen's character? And he—he's Converse. his high-top Converse. Are red? Yeah. The standout, that's that so right. far. Right. Yeah, so there's little, and there's little drips for it. Because I think the film was praised because of yeah. the art style and the minimal color usage in certain places.
2: The film—it's mad how the film follows the comic book in artistic style and literally the story. Certainly that's part of this story at least anyway like it's literally word for word majority of the time scene for scene um and just we'll, we'll touch on that because obviously if you're watching ahsoka on Disney plus Rosario Dawson everyone likes Rosario Dawson she's in the movie and her character's in this book um so I actually forgot she was in the in the first in the first movie um,
1: uh, she plays Gail, does not she
2: she's yeah so she's in she's like the main lady of the night or whatever uh, in mm. this book and she yeah she plays that. So, yeah, Rosario Dawson. There we go.
1: Another big night. Do we
3: see her breasts in the movie? Does every woman in the movie show their breasts tomorrow?
2: I, no, I don't think are so. Are there
3: 37 breasts in the movie? If not, I'm not watching it.
2: I, <laughs> I will text you <laughs> later. I told you before. <laughs> I it later. It's, it's when I first spotted Jessica Alba, and I knew from then on uh, that was my future wife, didn't quite happen the way I wanted it to happen, of course, but you know, the movie was great.
1: <laughs> Again, if you haven't seen the film, Jessica Alba plays Nancy, who makes a very small cameo in this book to help Marv yeah. out with um, with Wendy towards the end of this, this story.
2: Yeah. See, that's why, like, with this book and the movie together, I feel like the movie done really well with this, but this obviously helped the movie be better in terms of, like, it had three stories together, mm. you know, the... You know, the in fact that Wendy was in this book, but she plays the part in the uh, the Bruce Willis story, doesn't she? That's her that's her, her main story in the film. Yes. Bruce yeah, Willis, I not remember his name, but Bruce Willis' character um, falls in love with her type of thing. Callahan. Yeah, Callahan, that's the one. So the fact that she's in this book, it's like if you're planting little seeds to create like a bigger overall world or you know, series, you just plant little seeds in each each other's books and stuff, and like yeah, it's cool. That's what I like.
1: I am noticing we are getting very close to that time. Mm. So, has anybody got anything else to add story-wise about it? I feel like I can carry on talking more, yeah. but we're very restricted mm. on time. Anyone got anything just,
2: else? Can you just highlight Chris's Chris's comment there about um, the flawed character? Because I think that's that's you know the fact that he says there oh, you don't mind him dying too, not a hero. That's that's where I am a more like he needed to, you know. I know he took the fall essentially, but he didn't he? Couldn't. Because he's a mummy's boy, he did him on his mummy harmed. Him. Uh, so yeah, he, took, yeah. he took the fall, and they obviously um, executed him. But like, he he wasn't a good guy. He, he killed a lot of people, and probably you know, not saying deserved to die, but you know, what I'm trying to say deserved to feel the punishment as a criminal should. Um,
0: yeah, so I didn't feel mind. bad.
2: Hmm? Yeah, I didn't feel bad or sad or anything like
0: that. It felt like it felt just.
2: Yeah, but I like the way he was okay with it too. Mm-hmm. So, my mum's protected. I've I've saved Wendy. You know, she's out of town. I've mm. uh, avenged Gouldie's death. Now's a good time to go. So yeah.
1: And it was fitting because it's it's very it's a unique story to say that your main character is killed off, you know, at the end that way. Um, but also going out in a hero hero way, you know, by saving his mum, saving everybody. As you say, at the end, it just felt right. It did feel like a perfect ending, and that scene mm-hmm. of him on the electric chair—that's uh, quite an iconic um
2: picture that everyone yeah. always calls back to in this in this story. Like um, all there with him being a mummy's boy, like having that, obviously everyone loves their mum. But you're not know trying to say like this big brute of a guy, like that's his mum, you know, so he. Me, once he goes to his house, her house to get the gun to get Gladys back and stuff, and have a little conversation like he just loves his his wee mum. I like it, it's cool.
1: So, if no one's got anything else to add, we are going to go on to the very final thoughts and scores. So, I'm going to go anti clockwise on this one, Shane. Kick us off.
3: Um, like I said, I do like a crime noir who done it book and that's exactly what i got um just not a fan of the art and that's it it's not it's not frank's fault it's my personal taste i think he did a good job i think he <sighs> i'm not saying i need a happy ending in all my books i don't need you know the sunshines and rainbows by the end i just want a little bit of hope and i think that was lacking from this book just that chance at somewhere down the line there will be a happy ending i don't think that's ever going to happen in this story i don't think it's meant to um but yeah it's a fun read it's a quick read um short chapters was it what 13 really short chapters yeah fantastic mm. um i don't think i'm going to read on though unfortunately but i might check out the movie see what that's like so i'm going to give this a 7.5 i enjoyed it but not as much as some other books
1: that's cool that's good it's a good start Phil what have you got
2: so Shane you should read the movie movie, I will read the movie (laughs) or watch the movie movie. (laughs) (laughs) well you can put subtitles on and mute the thing and read it if you want Um, I love this I genuinely thought this was great you kind of like Preacher a few weeks ago that it's pushing boundaries. I think it's pushing but it hasn't went that far yet. You know, I know obviously people, you know, will talk about me not like in hotel, but again, different contexts, but this context mm-hmm. I can I can go to the extreme if it's done correctly. And I think it's done here. It's purposely trying to make Sin City terrible. Like that's that's what's aiming for. And she mentions hope. There is no hope in Sin City. That, yeah, I think you know, this is a dire place to be. Um I really liked it. I'm a big fan of the art. I've always loved Dark Knight Returns. And I like this. Granted, his covers are stinking. You know, and I, I wouldn't want to see him do too much current art. But for these books, and he's done before, like, I'm a big fan. Um, Love the use of the black and white. Story was really good. It definitely picked up in the second half. So I'm going to go high, but I'm not. It's, I'm not. It's not. It's not a ten out of ten because it starts off slow. The art is fine, but then it does definitely shift a to, to another direction. And the way I liked it, by the way, um, towards the end. So I'm sitting on an point eight, five. I I genuinely enjoyed it. I want to pick it up. Um, I'm going to grab it. Not grab the big down since city omnibus because uh-huh. I like my knees. So maybe buy like, the absolute additions or something like that. Cool. So, cool. Quick. Thank you, Scott.
0: Nice. Um, it's a short and sweet one, I think. Uh, there's not much more for me to say, really. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was cool. Um, not my bag. It's not something I do think I would read on with, but that's not the book's fault. That's me. Um, uh, yeah, really good uh, art style for the type of book it is. I think if it was a colourful one, I think we would have lost the mystery and the vibe and the darkness of the story as well. So it was a good choice. And, um, yeah, the the flow of it was good when uh, more clues were added. Really enjoyed that as well. Um, and Yeah, that's it for me. Big fan of the narration. I was happy with that.
1: Um, I'm going for a seven. Cool. I'm happy with that. That's good scores. <laughs> anyone in the chat this is your last chance to get any of your scores in um you got a couple of well maybe a minute before i wrap up but sin city is a very important story for me um i love i love the movie it's what made me get into reading indie titles it's also which i haven't told anyone before the big Dan sin city was my very first Omnibus size book that I It was the book that got me started into the collection. So Sin City is one of those stories. And I and I also own the big deluxe editions as well, the all seven deluxe editions with the extra Frank Miller artwork. And nice. I, I love Sin City. This was going to be a big one for me. Um I, lo- I do love the artwork. I love Frank Miller's work. I like everything that he's done, um, despite what he's done recently, but I love his older work. Um, The story's great. I never get enough of this. This is a story that I will read again and again and again um, because I just enjoy it so much. It's just as much as I've enjoyed the movies, which I watch again and again and again, and I own them on Blu-ray. I've got them on DVD. I've saved them on Amazon so I can watch them whenever I want. Sin City Across the Board is a winner for me. So I'm going to go high on this just because of my love for it, and I'm going to go for a nine. Nice. So... Thanks. Anybody else in the chat? Looks like all the scores are in. Mm-hmm. So let's go through the scores on the chat. We've got Kev is coming in with a seven point five. That's fair. No comments to add. uh We've got Chris from Off My Shelves. He said the series overall might not score this high, but for me, the art, story, characters—it all comes together. And I've read it several times now and love it. Love its flaws and strengths. Ten. Lovely. Thank you, Chris. Love you for that. Thank you. Also, Adam, comic bound. It's a name I haven't seen in the one. How's it going, Adam? Adam comes in with a nine, straight up nine. Uh, I don't think he's put any comments. About it, but he said he had to re- quickly try and finish the book tonight so he can give a score. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. So, Scott, you're the man with the numbers. I am. I am. What if I just, what if I just went, no, you should have done that.
2: Oh, I can't yeah,
0: do that. You're the host, Martin. That's fine. That's fine. So uh, with with the guys in the chat, their score with a 7.5, a 10, and a 9, that brings us to an average of
2: 8.8.
0: 8. Uh, now, bear in mind, to reach the top 10, it needs to be 8.3 overall or higher. So adding that uh, to Phillips' 8.5, Shane's 7.5, my 7, and Martin's 9. That gives us an average
1: of 8.2. Oh. Oh. So let's have a look at the scoreboard for the top ten, the end of season three. Since City hasn't made it onto the top ten. But if it scored any higher, I would have knocked myself off because Power Rangers (laughs) it was my pick. (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, I'm disappointed it hasn't hit the top ten, but it's It's coming up. it's, it's 8.2 the
3: crazy.
1: only 8.2 8. 8. 8. <laughs> so i am pleased with that i'm pleased with that score i'm glad everyone enjoyed it and uh yeah my first and last pick for the Nerd Her, So i'm really pleased with that um, um now you did some Herds choices i'm sure you did a couple they but did not, not this season uh no tmt well,
2: tmt Yeah,
1: yeah the, t- two, two T's. yeah the crossover ones
2: but but as your uh, you know your your first official pick I suppose you didn't do too bad. Well, no, too bad. I'll take that.
1: Brain. That's a win for me. I would like to go top 10, but
2: I'll take that It's good enough for me. It's top 10 technically, with all the I like to adjust my score yeah. for uh, Power Rangers TMNT, So, can I do that now? <laughs> <laughs> so, have we got anything else to add?
0: Uh, Actually? no, there's uh, nothing else to add, really. We are going to be doing a end of show show. Uh, Instead of an end-of-season show, we're going to do an end-of-show show. show. We're going to wrap up the whole three seasons, as always. I'm going to do my stats. We're going to see overall uh, who's had the biggest scoring books and all that. Uh, It's probably Phil. Yeah, but we'll do it anyway, (laughs) all all for a bit of fun. Uh, We'll include the the Herd's choices in there as well uh, to see how all that goes. And uh, that is it. That is it, but we'll do that Saturday at 9 p.m. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll sort that out. We'll, we'll get that on YouTube then. So, if you want to get notified, you can just hit the button, and then you can join in on the festivities, and we'll uh, we'll have a bit of a laugh. Um, Shane, you said you had something prepared for it. No,
3: right. Uh, well, uh, I have a quiz. Yes. I have a little
0: uh, nerdhood cool. quiz for you three to play. Nice. Oh, that'd be cool. Looking forward to that. <laughs> but yeah, it should be a good laugh. We'll talk a lot, and. Uh, You guys can uh, join in as well if you'd like. Um, But yeah, but that's it. One more thing to do.
1: Martin. Get your waves out.